brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is brought to you by the PLD Projects Network. It's me. It's me. It's PLD. What's up, everybody? It's me. It's me. It's PLD. And I'm Richard Eric Jarry. And I'm Maddie Garner. And this is Class Action. This is the most undecided movie show on the interwebs. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucking Class Action. That's all I got to say about that. How are so, we doing today, my friends? You, 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 you last, last episode, you told me not to uh, interfere when other people are talking. And you, you just did that to me. I, I did. I did. I apologize. I almost apologize. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm a little out of whack. I told you guys before. I got a new setup here. I'm still working with it. I'm not quite myself yet. I'm not into the whole thing yet. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I apologize, Richard. How was your day? How was your weekend? Oh, thank you for asking, sir. I feel very funny. Okay, so what I want to say you? about this is, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> no, seriously. Though, how are you doing today, Jar? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's um, it's a shitty weather weather outside, but it's kind of nice in here. Very nice. And you, Maddie? I'm doing good. I'm doing a lot better than yesterday. Yesterday, I woke up and I couldn't move. I had a, like my back just completely fucking shut down, and it was terrifying. Like I couldn't get out of bed for like half an hour. Oh I wow! Just could, I I could not move. Damn. Well, we're back. Um, my entire back like i i couldn't feel anything wow I was just like oh this is so, something's really fucking wrong but today i can move around fine i went to the gym i worked out everything back to normal i just had a random day yesterday where my back was just like nope <laughs> complete <laughs> system shut down like you're not doing anything and it just hit me i'm like damn i'm getting to that age now I would well, just like, wanted to ask you, how old are you, Maddie? If you don't mind me asking, 30, thirty-one. I'm going to be thirty-two in August. Okay, fucking well, babies. Thirty plus is where shit starts to break down. This, yeah. is, this is where I, your body starts to go. Like, dude, take it easy. 
I don't want to hear about this, motherfuckers, okay? <laughs> but, but it's like I thought with the, the years of abuse that my body has taken that I I knew this day would start to come, but like <laughs> I didn't think it would be now. Oh, here, well, Maddie, 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 we're not too old for this shit. We're not too old for this shit. It definitely makes too old for this shit. Definitely makes me the Murtaugh of this group here because I'm definitely too old for this shit at this point. Uh, Dude, the beard old old ago. <laughs> well, I want to say I mentioned this before, right before we went live, that this might be the hardest matchup that I have had in all of class action. I've kind of said that before. We've had hard matchups, but this one was so difficult. Each category felt like it was. I could go either way. I'm still not sold on all the categories. I, like I said before, I have one solid answer right now. And even that's like 75% solid at this point. Like this was, I, I was so excited to watch these movies again. Both mm-hmm. of the movies were a lot of fun to watch. Um, and that's the best, that's the best time we get to do this movie. I hate like when we have, by, by this time in the franchise, when we do franchise runs, by the time we enter the fourth franchise, the fourth film of a franchise, you're basically looking at which one's less worse. At this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> exactly. But these two are still at the top of the game at this point. I mean, this was really, really wonderful. I mean, I'm glad we're ending it here, though, because uh, we will have a shitty one later on that we probably should promise to do to finish out the franchise. If Lethal Finale is ever made, Lethal Weapon 5, that we should go back and finish with Lethal Weapon Finale versus A Good Day to Die Hard. But I can tell you that will be a sure, at least for we, one side of it. We shouldn't do that. I mean, I don't think we're sure. This is it. This is it. This is the final nail in the coffin. I can't. <laughs> I can't do any more. Like, I, I love. I fucking love Leo Getz, but like, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> you need. A, you need a break from Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. You mean? No, I need. I just need a break from Leo. Oh. I, I now. Now I get what Riggs and Murtaugh were talking about. <laughs> like, I need. I need. I need a break. Well, it's funny you say that actually. Because actually, I liked him less in three than I did in four. I thought he was better, even better. That's four. because I'll four, just say around as much. That's what it is. That's what it is. All right. Well, you know what? Let's just get into it. We're, we're, we're kind of like teasing each other now with the uh, talking about. Let's get right into it. We do have one game we like to play here on class action before we come into the categories. Uh, we do have, well, I should discuss the categories first. I'll give you the categories and then we'll talk about our. What's the show about first? Mm. Did I tell you that already? No, you didn't. Ah, that's right. Thank you for calling me out on that. This show is when we put two items up in either movie or TV world. Could be actors, could be directors, could be characters, could be composers, could be anything you want. We're up against each other. We have five, sometimes six, custom-made categories. They go head-to-head. We figure out at the end which one is truly victorious, which one leaves the the, the death cage standing. This This is kind of a... This is kind of a rough one this week. Like I said, this is going to be a slobber knocker, as old JR would have said in WWE days. Before we get to that, we have the five categories. They are similar. Similar to actually pretty much the same as last week. We're not going to do heroes again. We will do sidekicks. Better sidekicks. Better villain is a mainstay. All four of them have different villains. Better story. And also it leads into better sequels, which is kind of cool. Better action and then our last one, which is better, we had initially as better one-liners, but we've kind of changed it to better one-liners quotes. We can talk about any kind of dialogue we want. And that's quickly becoming my favorite category, honestly. I'm going to keep that as a standby throughout. Yes. Fun to just go through all these quips here and there. Uh, so you can see you guys. Try. Hey, Reefism, good to see you in the What's chat, up? as always. 
Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't even see your buddy there, Jarvis. You said he's going to come at us for being late, but he's not. I, I thought Chris, was, he usually, like, because in Estonia, people are usually, usually very punctual. Mm, when something is supposed to start OO, it, it starts. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we start 03, 04. So he likes to give us shit for that. <laughs> well, he's welcome to do that. It's blame PLD. It's fine. He'll show <laughs> when he does. We'll 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 give it. We'll give it back to Mike. Bro, where were you? Oh, that's right. That's right. He's now he's late. So let's get get on him. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'm let's gonna, get. I'm going to write to him. You should get to our uh, first game. We used to be what would Ed Harris play? Now it's we're going to spin a wheel with eight names on it. And we're gonna, whatever name comes up in our spin, we'll insert into Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard, or Lethal Weapon 4. We could be recasting somebody. We could be writing a new role for somebody. Either way, we're not prepared, which makes it more fun. So let's get to it. Here is our wheel this week. In case you cannot read it, I'll come down here. We got Ed Harris. Bruce Campbell. Thank you, PJ. Just we, I got it for you, PJ. Okay. Right. Ed Harris, Bruce right. Campbell, Halle Berry, Jerry B, Margot Robbie, Nicholas Cage, Angela Bassett, and Idris Elba. All right. Let me get our brand names off there. And so we're gonna spin this wheel twice. Twin this once for twice. each movie. That's true. The first one is for Live Free or Die Hard. Here we go. Sounded like a cheers. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> I mean, the wheel wills. It's been a while. <laughs> the wheel wills as it does. I can't say anything else. So we're going to start with Ed Harris in Live Free or Die Hard. I'm going to put it right on you, Jarvie, because I love your. When you're not prepared, yours is the best. So I'm just going to put it right on you to make well, you the least, least prepared. We can prepare. Like, guys, be honest. Do you prepare every person on the list? You're not prepared either. I'm this not. is the point of the game now, right? Because we're not pretty much prepared for it. Yeah, but I want to give you the least amount of prepared time as possible. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to buy some time at the moment, if you can tell. <laughs> I did notice that stalling there. What do you think? So what, what's this that? new equipment you got, PLD? <laughs> when we were talking about that, no, we are talking about what would Ed Harris play in the weapon? Or in live for your die hard. Well, my new equipment I got, I'll give you a little second. I got two monitors now. That's why my angle's a little different. Uh, it's a little bit, my desk is not quite big enough for it, but I'm making it work. I'm squeezing it all in. We'll make it work. Uh, and here we go. We got Kelly in the chat, of course. I'll give you a little more time. Kelly, hello, hello. Hey, Kelly. I think I, I think I got one. What the fuck? I get it. I get it. Party, Ed Harris, damn it, Paul. It's not my <laughs> fault. It's not my fault. Now I know how the showdown felt because they always said the digital wheel was rigged. I didn't do this. I really didn't. I just typed it's, the names and click it. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. So All right, enough time has been wasted. Enough of the bullshit. So mm, I think this is the time has come where we can cast Ed Harris as John McClane. So this is the first movie that Bruce Willis is going full bald. I mean, yeah, you know what? I'm all in. We know I'm all in on that. You, I could, I could easily like think of a role to, for him to play John McClane's dad or something. But I, we've been we've been doing it so much lately. I just want him as the freaking lead. I want him as a because I don't think he's ever played like the Rambo type action character, right? He's always had like this or that. 
yeah, authority I'm, type uh, figures. He played a mercenary in like 1983, in like 1983, but it was kind of not quite the same as this kind of character. It's still a little different than this. So I get what you're saying, and I agree with you, especially because this is not. I will say this out frank it's kind of weird that this is still a die hard movie because die hard was always such a specific kind of film for the first two at least the third one kind of gets off into its own thing but now it's kind of like it's on its own grounds it's just john mcclain movies now instead of a die hard movie which is a little bit a little bit different to me um i i know you're i know what your point is and i'm 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 gonna discuss this point exactly in better story Okay, fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So making Ed Harris as John McClane at this point, I think we're. I think I, we're I, think I, I like to see him as John McClane. I think yeah, he's more grizzled now. Yeah, kind of fits the role. He's a dad type. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm very good with that. All right, Maddie, how about you? Do you have a, a choice? If we're putting Ed Harris, the badass Ed Harris, into the movie, we got to take a badass out. And in Die Hard Four, Live Free or Die Hard. There is a legit badass in the cast. Oh. And I hate to take Cliff him out Harris? of it, but there's only one worthy to have Ed Harris in there. We've spoken on this show before about District 13, mm-hmm. District mm-hmm. 13 Ultimatum. Cyril Raffaelli. Mm. Two time International Kickboxing Federation champion. The dude is a legit assassin. Ah. Yes. And I couldn't think of anyone. The silent deadly killer that ed harris could play oh i like that i do like that that's fucking cool for those of you who may not know who he is he's the guy that's uh he's in the chopper with the rocket launcher that john sends the car into the frenchman who jumps out of the helicopter so that's kind of a badass move i was pretty impressed by that is is he play a french dude yeah yeah is he french yeah he's french yeah he's a legit kickboxing world champion dude is a an absolute murderer. So, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking one badass out, putting one badass in. I love it. I love it. I'm all in on it. Well, the one I'm going to put in, I did, I did, in my head for a minute, go, how funny would it be to have Ed Harris play the warlock, like Kevin Smith's character? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go that route. I, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go a little bit more, a little bit more uh, straightforward with him, because I think he would put pull this off very well. I'm going to put him as Miguel Bowman. Deputy Director, mm. he'd probably change his name, probably Mike Bowman now at this point, but Deputy Director of the FBI Cybersecurity. Cliff Curtis is great in his role, but oh, a latter day Ed Harris in that role, I think he'd be commanding in that that presence. He's kind of reminds me of his absolute power character, whereas like he's definitely overwhelmed by the, the day, but he still like maintains this like absolute presence of like leadership. Like throughout the whole, even though the whole, when he's being, they're being fucked and he's no, he has no idea what to do at this point, but he's also not like an asshole about it too. Like Bruce comes in, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool dynamic between them. It's not something you see very often. You almost expected him to be an asshole and be giving John McClane a huff, tough time the whole time, but he's not. He's doing his job. He knows that John McClane can help out in his way. I mean, the other people can't as they, I mean, the other divisions come off. That's, that's one of my favorite parts of the thing. When the other divisions come in, he's like, yeah, great. We have all these tables filled out. Go sit over there. We'll let you know if we need anything. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love that part. I think that Harris would fit very well with that. And yes, he is not a dad type. He's a great grandpa type at this point. We're talking back in the day, Kelly. <laughs> I think actually he could do that role now. I really do think he could do that role right now, pretty much. Oh, he could. So How he could. old is he? Uh, seventy-two. I, I, I love seventy-two. Seventy, maybe seventy-one. Do you know who should who who he should team up with? Do a like a body like a like a more 
veteran type body cop movie. Him and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> like they're they're just around the same age because Samuel L. Jackson, I think, turned 72, 73. 72. Yeah, he's got like that. Probably a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to. The only the only problem is they're both hard asses, but that's kind of that would kind of be the magic of the movie. They could be 74 for Samuel L. Jackson, by the way. Ooh. Oh yeah, that'd be good. I was gonna say even older than you throwing them into like a uh a kind of other guy situation with Samuel, but yeah, the other guys that'd be kind of fun too. Although it's kind of interesting, I actually that would make. I actually pitched this a while ago. If they ever decide to do a True Detective season four, I had pitched oh, yeah. Ed Harris and Nick Cage together, oh. which would have been a fun time, I think. Also, but Samuel Jackson would be pretty cool in that role too. I think that'd be kind of cool, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Let's move on to Lethal Weapon 4. Let's get that wheel back up. And we cannot have Ed Harris on this one. So no, that's okay. Ed Harris uh, is always on the wheel. I just expect to see him next week. He is, he is always on. He never gets replaced. That's true. Something wow. tells me Bruce Campbell is going to come up. That would be funny. I bet he will. I bet he will. Oh, no. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Oh, I've got the perfect one. For this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I've think got the, same the page. perfect one for this. Okay. Who Maddie's got to go first. Go ahead, Maddie. Maddie's got to go first. Oh, what? For, oh, no, we're doing Lethal Weapon, are we? <laughs> yeah. Can't probably <laughs> Maggie Q. I've got Maggie Q. No, I was going to replace her with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Jolly, you go first. One, i got to think. Robbie. Or PLD. I went first before PLD. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll go first at this point. I got to say, uh, this is maybe a stalling tactic, but Lethal Weapon 4 is actually harder to replace somebody in because they're all mainstays. It's not like pieces that they kind of put in each movie. Like every person you think about, like the, the psychiatrist has been there since Lethal Weapon 1. And like, I'm not going to put her. You're not going to put her as a psychiatrist? I would think. I actually, I might, but I feel that's like that's too. <laughs> I almost feel like it's too much because she's been there for a while. But you know what? That's not a bad. That's not a bad one there. And the Harley Quinn thing as well. You just told me that you're going to do that, though. I won't. I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> I'm going to have this as a different story. Here we go. Here we go. Off the top of my head, she is going to be playing the daughter of Leo Getz. Oh yes, that's perfect. That Leo gets his daughter comes back into her in, into his life. Some oh. kind of thing, and he had some kind of, during his like criminal days. He had a fling, mm -hmm. didn't know, and all of a sudden she comes back into his life, and she is like just as he is. So it's great seeing Mooker Robbie as like bombshell of a character acting exactly mm -hmm. like he does. And like, so she tries to help him out with all the new business ventures, the PI ventures. Maybe he like she's like she's a double PI with him, and so yeah, they have to go as a team together. And then like you get to see Riggs and her talking, fuck another one, but it's Margot <laughs> Robbie. So like they're like it's almost like how is that coming out of this? I don't, I don't. This is not computing. So I don't know. That's off the top of my head. That's my pick. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm gonna ride a roll. Okay. I don't know how this is going to work. But in my brain, it does. Hear me out on this one. Okay. It's the end of the end of the movie. Okay. Leo's going past a pet store. Okay. He walks in. Who's behind the counter? Margot Robbie. He said, and Leo says, I'm looking for a friend, you know, come with me on my PI, on my PI adventures. Come with me on, on these training exercises, whatever he does. She goes, you know, I think I've got just the thing for you. 
She pulls out a box with a frog in it. <laughs> no. 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 That's... <laughs> you heard right. my soul. You heard my soul, too. I can fairly talk. All right, Jarvis, it's up to you. What do you got? Well, I was going to put her as a psychiatrist, but you kind of shrugged it off. So I feel like that's... <laughs> That's that's the boring answer now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewrite the story a bit. Okay. I'm gonna have her as I'm gonna have her as the flamethrower terrorist at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> when they when they unmask the person, it's her with wa- wavy blonde hair, and she's completely off her rockers, like Harley Quinn type of character. But they don't kill her. They don't they don't blow her up. But she returns at the very end when Riggs and Murtar are fighting Jet Li and they're both getting their ass kicked and they both fall in the water and then she busts in like Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and goes, someone ordered freaking fried sour? I don't know, some racist thing (laughs) she can pull up in Tarantino writing that doesn't work in movies and then just (laughs) uses the flamethrower on Jet Li. I like it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Oh man, I don't even know who wins this week. This is kind of a weird. But only if Tarantino writes that scene, because he he can pull off these like borderline racist things that so usually don't weapon, work in movies. A lethal weapon written by Quentin Tarantino. I'd be, oh, I'd be, I'd be here for that actually. I'd be all here for that. <laughs> nice. I went way off script on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'm all. That's, your, that's when you do best though. When you go completely off script, that's when that's when you shine. All right. Who, who do we think wins this week? Chat, you can tell us if you, who you think wins this week as well. But I like Getz's daughter. You gets his daughter. I, th- I think Jarvis wins this week. You think Jarvis this week? Uh, I think Jarvis wins this week. I don't know, man. Mine, mine would get me canceled probably. So I don't know. <laughs> but if you look back, and this is going to come up when we get to the quotables bit. A lot oh, of I the, know. The, a lot of the word, the language in that movie wasn't exactly the most PC. No. Oh no. Yeah. Uncle Benny, nope. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can't no, say. No. I'm gonna try, uh, try not to say too much of the stuff. My my <laughs> quotables, I I had to limit a lot of quotables. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, all right, let's move on. We don't need to declare a winner. That's quite fine. We don't need to actually win on this one. Let's move on to our categories of the, of the week. We got better sidekicks. Better sidekicks. <laughs> We're gonna let I'm gonna let Maddie lead with villain. So Jarvis, why don't you lead with sidekick? Ooh, can I can I lead with action? Better sidekick? Sorry? Action. Yes, better sidekick, Jarvis. Okay. Um so I didn't It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
agree at all with what Maddie said. I think Leo gets his fucking back in this movie. He's like, he's completely redeemed. So last week I said I couldn't stand Leo Getz at all in uh, Lethal Weapon 3. This is where he's back and even better as before. Um, he had those funny moments. He had those one-liners. He had, uh, I mean, he had more of a storyline and he had a lot of depth to his character, which which I loved. He, he made me cry in this movie. He actually made me cry in a freaking Lethal Weapon movie, the fourth one. And it's a story about a fucking frog. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, then we got Chris Rock, who's, I think, such an enjoyable addition to the group. Um, but put it up against Die Hard 4, I think Justin Long is a fine sidekick. I think Kevin Smith is way more of an interesting and enjoyable character. But when it comes down to this category, I'm going to ask myself, who do I want to hang out with? Who are my? Who do I want sidekicks as? I'm definitely picking Leo Getz and uh, Lee Butters. I mean, who wouldn't freaking want to get high in a dentist office on freaking uh, <laughs> what they're breathing, laugh, laughing guys? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's 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 a group that I want to hang with, and I think they're they're way more enjoyable as characters. What? I know because because Iron Four, it it's more of a serious movie, so it's kind of unfair. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just that's who I'm going. With. That's who I picked my partners at. All right, let me ask you a question then. Does Renee is Renee Russo a sidekick still at this point? Or is she, <sighs> I mean, like it's kind of tough for me because I mean I definitely call her a sidekick in. in yeah, not three. in this movie. I think in this one I don't she's think she's a sidekick. Okay, because then you'd say then you could say Murtaugh's daughter or wife is also a sidekick, which you can argue to a point. I mean, sure, sure Lorna does kick ass while she's pregnant. Yeah. I think she has a few action scenes actually in the movie, but in 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 the sense where I'm going two versus two, I feel Justin Long and uh, uh, Kevin Smith versus Joe Pesci and Chris. But you got to consider you got to consider Cliff Curtis and Live Free or Die Hard. It's kind of a sidekickish in a way, just supporting role with them. It's another one you could think about adding to that mix. Yeah, you could. So I don't know. Okay, so you're you're saying Lethal Weapon Four? That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to Lethal Weapon Four. That's fine. Um, I, I'm still, I guess I'm asking because I'm trying to figure it out myself because I have similar similar thoughts. I do think that Leo gets, I do wonder if I took out the final moments with Leo gets, would I still have the same impact with Leo gets the rest of Lethal Weapon 4? Or is that like Why the last speech like, clouding the me a little bit? Speech? But it is part of it. But it is part of it, so I can't take it out. As far as Chris Rock goes. I talked to actually I was talking to PJ about this because we're doing Lethal Weapon, the franchise now over on Two Mediocre White Dudes on film. The problem I had with Chris Rock in this movie, and it's not a huge problem, but like it really feels most of the time, at least like 50 to 70% of the time, that he is in there to do his stand-up bits. Mm -hmm. Like they put his character in there. It kind of took me out because obviously every once in a while he'd start riffing one of his comedy bits. I'm like, okay, there's Chris Rock to stand up. I don't see him. I don't see Detective Lee Butters. I see Chris Rock the stand up comedian at that point. And it kind of like throw me throws me off a little bit. So I can't say I love Chris Rock in this movie for that reason. He is funny. I laugh at most of the things he does, and the bits with uh, with Joe Pesci are great. But I kind of like I don't know does that work for me comparatively. Uh, I do like I said I do like Leo Getz in this one. If we do have Russo in there, I like that as well. I gotta say, Justin Long, I'm a big fan of Justin Long. I think he's underappreciated, mm -hmm. underrated. I do like him in this. And I got, didn't you add Kevin Smith to it? 
And then you add maybe even having Cliff Curtis in it. I was really like, getting a character that I really appreciated as a different kind of character. I'm going to go Die Hard, Live for Your Die Hard, which is weird to me because I didn't, I didn't think even going to this episode, I thought I was going to go with Lethal Weapon 4. But keep thinking about it again. I love Leo Getz, but I think that I got to go with Justin Long under on Justin Long's underrated Matt Farrell and Kevin Smith as Warlock. Yeah, I'm going to go with Die Hard 4. <coughs> Matt, it's up to you. For me, this is kind of one-on-one. Um, I think Leo Leo kind of takes a little bit of a step back in Lethal Weapon 4. But the moments that he's there hit harder than any other movie that he's been in before. Justin Long, for me, I don't know what it is. And Paul, you hearing you say that he's underrated, I completely agree with. Because for some reason, anytime I see Justin Long in a movie... I see Dean from waiting <laughs> and I, I, I cannot get That's that fair. out of my head. So seeing like young baby faced Justin Long in a diehard movie, I'm just like something doesn't compute up here. Like him as like this elite hacker. That's the guy you're going to pick like <laughs> over Kevin. If you could put those two side by side, Justin Long and Kevin Smith, who would look like a hacker, a, <laughs> a stereotypical hacker? Right. It would be Kevin Smith. I don't know. I mean, I can see him because he's so like lanky and he's kind of like, they kind of play him down a little bit. I, I get your point. But he's, too pretty. he's too he's pretty. He's too pretty. And I get like Timoth- Timothy Oliphant as well is also like too pretty to play. Like, the that's hacker. a beautiful man. Yeah, that's that a beautiful man. Very, very beautiful man. Cobb Van <laughs> Again, side check. Again, side check. I mean, Maggie but... Q is fine, but, but fucking take my feelings. <laughs> Where's our what? Top Gun beat scene with that guy? <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying. And it, it really. What you said about Chris Rock really is true. I I can't. I think this was around the time he did the Bring the Pain special. I think so. Yeah. I think it was around the same time. But that's the kind of comedy I want in in a in a Lethal Weapon movie. I want like cheesy stand up comedy that's gonna like the the little <laughs> zinger one liners that are gonna be in there. Just like and even the bit where they're like the I'll just call it the racial profiling sec- segment with uh, him oh, and yeah. um, him and Leo. In the car? He's like, hey, who's the pup? And he's just like, why? Because I'm black and sitting in the car, back of a cop car. I'm a pup. And he just like pulls out his gun. And he's like, license, registration, <laughs> urine sample. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> Leo's like oh, trying so desperately to defend himself. I will say that I, I know what you're coming from. And I agree the one-liners are good. I don't mind the one-liners as much as like as the bits when he starts getting into like these like the Leo rant is good. The Butters rant just seems like a, a stand-up special, which is that's what takes me out. The one-liners yeah. don't. I like that bit, but the whole like yeah. the whole what is it the, the, the cell phone bit that he starts doing about the grandma's cell phone, the, 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 the Afghan, yeah, the Afghanistan the Afghan thing and everything. Else. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Hold on, I'm kind of like I'm watching a stand-up comedian like on stage, not doing a bit like it's not like a like the those zingers are normal cutting like maybe not normal conversation, amped up conversation for for an action comedy, but it felt that felt more in the world. Like this thing's like okay, Mel Gibson and and uh, and Danny Glover bought tickets to Chris Rock's stand-up bit. Now that's where we're watching. <laughs> like yeah, that. so I mean I I get it though, but 
Yeah, I don't and I think know. that segment as well did put me out of it. But like the whole dynamic between him and Murta, mm. like the reason he's doing this is so he can get in good with Murta because yeah. he's about to be the father of his daughter's kid. No. And Murtaugh's going to find out at one point. But Murtaugh thinks he's gay. Right. Just like that whole dynamic I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. And, I mean, it's definitely obviously dated now. It's a little bit of gay panic. Yeah. It's a little dated now. But it is what it's it's of the 1998 time. You got you, you know what you're getting into if you're getting into these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I get that. So so at the end of the day, is so you're going to, you're, sounds like you're leading the weapon. weapon. Okay. All right. I mean, I can't. But we're splitting hairs. That I, I right. agree. And that's what it is I about guess. this entire movie. Like it's this entire all these segments, I can't even feel like no matter what way you vote, and we're like, I get it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Jeremy, I get your saying? point, PLD, because Chris Rock, it it kind of bothered me as well. But I was thinking it's maybe because now Chris Rock is sort of this like he's way bigger now than he was back then. Mm-hmm. So if you you kind of should try to take that baggage out of it, because he wasn't quite the big stand up comedian as he was as he's now back mm. then but i i do get your point but i but i still think the the movie and the tone warranted that character that's fine again it's not like it it ruined the movie for me mm-hmm. I, I still i still highly enjoy i even enjoy him in it it's just one of those little minor nitpicky things for me all right mm. let's move on better villain do you not mm. want to start this maddie Has it, i think you want to start action which is fine i'll let you start villain too if you want though I'll start with action. Let's let Javi start with better because I feel like he wants to get his love for Tim me again added to the world. Me I, again. You want me to start? I'll start if you want. Yeah, yeah you, you go. Okay. I'll do better action. All right. Now I don't I it's kind of funny with class action because we try to stay objective. We try. We have best to stay objective. But sometimes our dynamic the three of us are dynamic, and sometimes even PJ. Uh, our dynamic can kind of twist things a little bit in our heads even. And I feel like Maddie is like absolute love for Jet Li and like his like mm-hmm. worshiping at the altar of Jet Li, like almost made me push to go, but I love Timothy Oliphant. It almost pushes me to want to give Oliphant love, just like like mm-hmm. what he's saying, because yeah. I know Maddie. You're crazy. so petty, PLD. <laughs> I, I know, I am. <laughs> but I couldn't do that though. But but quite frankly, I couldn't do that if Oliphant wasn't so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And not only Oliphant, we have Timothy Oliphant and Maggie Q. <laughs> there he is. Name <laughs> out your fucking mouth, PJ. Well, uh, no, PJ Campbell. Uh, I even put Bruce Campbell on the, on the wheel for you, bastard. Um, but we have Timothy Oliphant, who is, like as we said, a beautiful man. Maggie Q, who's a great psychic. And you even mentioned before, you have Sarah Raphael as like the, the henchman there, the acrobatic henchman guy. I think that Die Hard has a better set of villains overall compared to Lethal Weapon 4. I don't know if I'm voting that way yet because Lethal Weapon 4 has Jet Li, but who else does it have? I mean, you can call Uncle Uncle Benny. You can call Uncle Benny a villain, and he he is, but he almost comes across like a... He comes across more like a sidekick than a villain most of the time, to be honest with you. He's like a punching bag for their, their jokes, their racist jokes. And Whoa, 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 Cap- Callie. Fuck you, PLD Jet Rule. I, I agree. Settle, I like Jet Li. Ellie, I love Jet down. Li. I'll get, I'll get him. I'll I love him. Jet Li. Don't you worry. I, I love Jet Li. It's not like, it's more of like, I just want to make sure Timothy Oliphant gets the love too. That's all. Um, so, we, uh, but at the end of the day, you got Jet Li and kind of Uncle Benny. Whereas, you got, 
He is, but I almost it's so much hard to put him as a villain looks like that. It's more of a sidekick character. He's on the villain range, so I get it. Against like Timothy Oliphant, you have Mackie Q, who kicks ass just as who kicks quite a lot of ass. More and ass. Things, more yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> so what way do we go? What way do we go? I think either way wins. I think either way wins. But I think I gotta side with Die Hard. I think I gotta side with Die Hard. And I, I, I almost hate doing it, but I, I gotta do it, I think. Even though I'm gonna really, I know Kelly's gonna come down and find me and hunt me down. Uh, Batty might hunt me down too. He's looking a little, he's, I, I'm kind of scared, but all right. Jarvie, why don't you go next to so we can uh, mm. let, mm-hmm. let him cool down a little bit, man. <laughs> it's this, this is one of those categories now when we were talking about before the show why this is so tough because this, this category is truly tough. On one hand, I, you said it yourself in, in Die Hard, Timothy Olyphant and Maggie Q, they are like both sides of the same coin, like the same villain that sort of completes each other. Maggie Q is the badass that kicks ass. Timothy Olyphant is the brains, the the genius mind behind behind it all. And what I really love about Timothy Olyphant is that there is a moment when he's explaining why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he actually wants the country to gain from this. Like they sort of, they almost went the Hummel route. They almost, but then they kind of pulled it back, yeah. which I wish they didn't. It would have been I actually agree. kind of cooler that they should have just tried to make him the sympathetic villain. They almost um, kind of went, I, it was kind of went in the, in the uh, Simon Gruber route. Like they were, I'm uh, doing it for somebody real, but I'm really still doing this for myself. Like it was like, I'm yeah, doing this for the yeah, country. Kind of. but- a little bit in a way, but 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 nope. he he I, I think they they still left some of the redeemable parts to him because he right. he did say that he's doing this so the country learns from this even though he's using awful mes- methods of doing this right um <laughs> so Maddie you're gonna kiss me after this one but it's fucking jetly man yeah. as much I and this is I know this is not a this is maybe not the objective pick just to say because it's jetly but he. Like I mean, first time he comes on screen, I'm scared of him. He's dangerous. He's I always use these words when we're talking usually about diehard villains. He's menacing. He controls the room. And when when he starts to kick ass, like I've seen the one, I've seen some of his American movies. Um, this is by far the fastest that I've ever seen him. And it's been a while when I've seen him seen his movies. Granted, but I mean, come on, he just athletically and the presence that he commands i think he's he's the best villain in the lethal weapon franchise and this is the first time i'm picking the lethal weapon category uh, the lethal weapon in the villain category and I wanna, so i i get it before maddie goes in i just want to throw out there real quick quantity of quality we also have forgotten jonathan sadowski his uh, his main hacker guy Who's also kind of a cool character. I actually kind of liked him too. Timmy Oliphant's main. Oh, is it, guy. That, was, that was the nerdy guy who walks out when they're killing the yes. room full of the other hackers. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, it's time already. Oh, okay. And he has all the things I try to get more Nixon in there. And I, he's like, he seems like he's very arrogant. He's kind of cool. I mean, just not that he's like a complete standout, but just adding more to the thing. Whereas you have Jet Li and that's it. And I love Jet Li. But, but he's like, I, I do agree. Like, there are times when, when this argument, feels right to me but Jet Li just is way cooler 
even I'm, when you combine Timothy Oliphant and Maggie, Maggie Q. And I love Die Hard 4. I love right. Timothy Oliphant and Maggie okay. Q. I just, that's I fine. Know. There's I, something about Jet Li just, just. If Jet Li wins this, I'm not mad. Because I, I love Jet Li. <laughs> I, I guess I just, ha- I, I feel like I haven't given Jet Li a lot of love in this one. And it makes me feel like, makes me feel like I'm not. Why? I'm about him. to do it all for you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I know I don't have to. So I love Jet Li for it. So I'm okay with it. Go ahead, Maddie. Tell me why. why, why. The there, is no, as well. the there, there is no question, debate, nor discussion that it's Jet Li. <laughs> Absolutely none. Uh, I grew up watching Jet Li movies on TNT recorded with my granddad at two o'clock in the morning. Like, after like the old like black and white Western movies, they play the old martial arts movies, Tai Chi Master, uh, just like all the, and I was like obsessed with this man. I was like, who is this guy? He's so quick. So like Kelly says, he's five foot three. He's, he's tiny. Like I've seen <laughs> the man in person. He is tiny. Yeah. He is so powerful and so dynamic and so fast, but he always played the hero. He was always the good guy, but yet in his first ever Hollywood movie, He's the bad guy. And I was like, he's the bad guy. This makes this makes no sense. This makes okay. But I'm gonna watch it. And holy shit. Is it like <laughs> the, I always say this, like guys like John Carl Esposito, the mark of a great villain is if a great villain can be played by a sweet, sweet man. And Jerry mm-hmm. is a very sweet man. But in this, he tries to burn down a house with two pregnant women inside just so he can get to a family to turn them into slaves. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care. Like he just wants to get the hungs and burn the house down on the way out with two pregnant women inside and two, two and three cops inside. He doesn't give a fuck, but he, all, all he wants to do that for is to get his big brother out into the world. So there is the sympathy factor in there as well. Not only is he an evil prick, but he just, he just wants to be reunited with his big brother, man. Not only that, okay, and I'm going to get into the action, but this is the, this is one of the coldest fucking things. In this entire movie, he doesn't fire a single shot. Mm. Not one. Because he doesn't fucking need to. He can beat the shit out of fucking everyone in the movie with his bare hands. He doesn't even have to fucking use it. And the Gary. Oh, it's just... Oh, dude. He's, he's just so fucking cool. And I, I get this is like be idolizing Jet Li, but I've I've idolized Jet Li since I was a kid. So I get it. I'm, I'm just like he's just so fucking cool as a villain. And I wish he'd have done it more in his career because he's so fucking good at it. I mean, like this is like me and Ed Harris. I totally get it. I mm. get the argument and everything else. I just want to throw mm. out there though, just to counter, because I'm I'm gonna do it. Jimmy Elephant had some pretty cool moments too as far as like he, he, he gets he gets Lucy in the in the in the elevator. And like talks like while he knows that daddy that daddy's watching and he's like it's like oh, we'll be right there we're gonna come get you go the way around so fucking cruel so fucking cruel um, and I, I I love the stuff he does with that as well but it, I and, and he's also got the sympathetic side too to a degree because you realize that he's the guy that told the U S why they're supposed mm-hmm. to be fucked and they fucked him over so it's like I'm doing exactly what I said is gonna happen mm. so I don't know it's, go ahead. and no and I. Believe me, this is me you're talking to. I love the whole like bringing a government down from the inside <laughs> using its finances and its infrastructure. That, yeah, that speaks to me too. I'm all about that. But I'm just so in awe of Jet Li. This is, and we're going to get into this with his action, but this is Jet Li in his prime. Now. Mm-hmm. 
I will give gently some love right now because I feel like I haven't. I will say one thing. I definitely want to spoke my favorite. I think my probably my favorite gently moment in the movie had nothing to do with anything action wise he did. It was when they're at the house and he's just on the staircase watching him. There. And he's just standing there. He's kind of smirking at them like like they're kicking his like his men's ass. He's still just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and at five at three, he is pretty fucking intimidating. I'm not gonna lie. So I do love that. I mean I'm I'm quite happy that he won. I just want to make sure that Levant gets his love as well. That's and all, I, so. I do want to give a little shout out to uh Jeff Imada who plays the He's the, the like the captain of the boat at the start. He was also in Big Trouble in Little China and, oh, yeah, Double, yeah, yeah. and Double Dragon. Gotcha. He's the guy that Jet Li, ki- Jet Li kills with his. He snaps his neck with his fucking leg on the rooftop. <laughs> yeah, I know that that's good. That was a good choice. That's a yep. good choice. So. Yeah. Uh, and if we do, if we are going to bring, if Benny does count as a villain. Benny's pretty funny as a villain too. I like the yeah, the, the, cool. the rapport yeah. with uh, with Riggs and, and Murtaugh is pretty funny. Even if it's racist, I mean, like, and he lives in, he like just leans into it though too. So it makes it like, I don't know, it makes it humorous that way. But <laughs> have you seen Kim Chan's IMDb page? There is. Have you have you seen his uh, thumbnail, like his profile picture? No, that I did not see. <laughs> you gotta look it up. It's funny. It's it's just him laughing with his teeth out. And holding two oranges covering his eyes. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's so funny. That is awesome. He's been a bunch of he's been in a bunch of cool movies as well, I'm not gonna lie. So I like him a lot. Um, all right, all right. So we got there. Let's move on now to category number three. Better story. Better story. Um, well, I know Maddie wants to do better action, so I guess we go back to Jarvie then. <laughs> Um, yeah, this one, this, this again, like doing Lethal Weapon and Die Hard movies back to back, you kind of start to really break down how formulaic those movies are and how they treat story, how they treat action. Um, Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's so so yeah, Lethal Weapon Four main storyline, like the villain side of it is human trafficking, but like on one one hand on one hand of the story you have the villain storyline and then you have the personal storyline, right? Very formulaic Lethal Weapon stuff that usually works. Right. Um, previously they had I think like guns, drugs, and then can't remember what the first one was about. Um, Drugs, dirty guns, maybe, drugs, maybe drugs, and dirty yeah. cop. Uh, oh yeah, something like that. And um, so, 
I, I really like that the Lethal Weapon movies have always kept that really strong side of it being like the emo like the personal growth of the characters. We usually we have we have the villain storyline and we have the personal growth and the emotional aspects of the characters. Um, I love that Leo gets kind of gets uh, inducted into the family in this movie. I think he had one of the most heartfelt moments in this. Um, I also love how Murta sort of brings in the um, the Asian family. They become sort of his surrogate uh, family, um, <clears throat> and you can really like make those two stories stand on their own, like right. the the action storyline and the personal storyline. When you think about Die Hard Four and all of the Die Hard movies, actually, it's so hard to differentiate the action from the story. Because yeah. in Die Hard, the story kind of services the action throughout. Right. Um, but what I love is I, what I really love about the Die Hard franchise and Die Hard Four in particular is how they have. So, so you, Paul, said it at the start of the show. It kind of strays away from the usual Die Hard formula that it is not the you know one man against the terrorist in a closed space. It's now pretty much like a all over town kind of action romp. But I do love that Die Hard has managed to stay with the times. It has evolved and it has managed throughout the franchise. So I'd say even story-wise, Die Hard 5 has, like story-wise, it's a good point to go towards, but the movie just doesn't work. But So what I love about Die Hard 4 is it managed to bring in the, um, what's the word? Not electronic. The virtual sort of terrorism aspect to this, mm, um, yeah. and and the fact that the the villain is, in his opinion, doing righteous work, and in a, in a way he sort of is, but the story itself is very much rooted in action. So when you try to break these stories apart, I feel like Die Hard Four, as one unified story, works better than Lethal Weapon 4. Because okay. Lethal Weapon 4, you have the characters on one side and the story on the other, you can sort of take them apart. I don't know, I went way, way no. all over the place. No, with I, that get, thought, but, I get what you're but saying. I feel, like, I feel like Die Hard is more of a cohesive story with story and its action. Okay. I feel like I want to say that this is a very similar argument we've had throughout the franchise. Die Hard has always been about the action driving the story. Mm -hmm. Whereas Lethal Weapon has been about the story driving the action. Um, and because of that, I mean, and Die Hard does have its own familial beats here. Obviously, the estrangement of Lucy and John McClane and everything else. Um, but at the same time, you're talking about story-wise. I, I go back and forth because, I mean, it is an intricate. Die Hard does have an intricacy to it. The whole fire sale bit, it's all kind of a very interesting idea. Whereas, again, Lethal Weapon 4's definitely is a little more vague, I guess. I mean, it's obviously Jet Li wants to get his family or his brother and mm. everything else back, but it's kind of like more of a vague like thing. Like, But at the same time, is, is what's more important? Like, we're saying story doesn't necessarily just mean plot. Because um, mm. I think Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard's plot is probably better. But I can't deny that Lethal Weapon 4's story with the character development, with the way that the with the way that we've grown from where Riggs was in the first Lethal Weapon to where he is in the final Lethal Weapon, or not well, the final as of now, 
the fourth one, the most recent one, I should say, and how he's grown from having a, a dead wife to a girlfriend mm-hmm. who gets killed to Rene Russo to now he's going to marry Rene Russo. You have Leo Getz, who has basically gone from this character that they really kind of hated in two. They kind of just kind of tolerated him. Three, they tolerated him a little bit more. And four, he flips and becomes like a family member by the end. There's a and, and even Murtaugh has some development here and there. I mean, he, he's more consistent than Riggs has been, but he's definitely a little older. He's definitely welcomed mm-hmm. Gibson into the house, like Riggs into the house. He's definitely welcoming at the end. He's welcoming Leo Gutz into a degree, even though he's still kind of like likes to beat him up a little bit verbally. Um, I can't deny that. Whereas John McClane, I feel like we get his thing with his wife is great. They're great in the first one. They're not great. They, if they end up happy in the first one, they end up happy together in the second one. All of a sudden, the third one, they're not so happy again. And it seems like it's kind of just like bits and pieces. And not that that's a bad thing. I mean, it does... Die Hard doesn't need to, doesn't need to go into it more. Die Hard is more about mm-hmm. the popcorn action. But that's why... This, that's why, if you're going to say a popcorn action film versus an action film with some really decent development here and there, I gotta give the I gotta give the edge lethal weapon for on this one. So that, that that was exactly my point. Like lethal weapon has more character development, right? But Die Hard Four, I think it's plot versus story. Right. Exactly. I think we kind of approach the topic differently, but I I, I can't argue with your point. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Right. Maddie, you're uh, gonna split us up again at this point. Jarvie and I are basically the opposite side of all this. This, this was. Rough because, as I said, the story of or the plot of Die Hard speaks to me on a very cerebral level. Like the idea of bringing a government, a superpower to its knees from the inside just to be like, Look, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Like that, give me that all over. <laughs> but I've seen that done a few times. Like that's been done a few times now. Has it been done to the level of, of, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, that was one of the factors I took into it. It was like, this was one of the first movies to really employ that kind of cyber terrorism Mm -hmm. motif. And you have a guy like, you wouldn't expect a guy like Timothy Oliphant to be like a cyber terrorist. You would assume he would be like out there on on the street or whatever, you know, actually as like a military or political figure. Right. You wouldn't assume that he's like just this guy in a suit behind the scenes, you know, right? The, the puppet master of it all. So I thought that was really innovative, which I've often critiqued Die Hard as like not having much in terms of innovation past the first one. But if this is how lethal, if this is how lethal weapon is going to end, if if we never get lethal finale, which there's a possibility we don't, there is it's a possibility. I think this is a pretty damn good closing. Riggs, you know, going, as you said, like Riggs going from where he was to now he's married again. He's a father. He's too old for this shit. (laughs) That, that little, that scene in the, um, in the locker room between him and Murta, where he's just like, look, dude, I don't, I don't know if I've got it anymore. Like I've had that conversation. Right. So it's just like I dude, I, I get it. We're right. we're getting too old for this shit. So it's amazing how they turn that in from a like a punchline in the first one. Like it's really kind of become 
it became so present in this one at this point. Mm-hmm. The first one was it was kind of a joke when Riggs tosses like hip tosses Glover over the side and throws him down on the ground. It's like oh, 12 for this shit. By this time, it's like really like to, impacted their lives to a point where like they really are. And, and I agree that makes it kind of a more interesting thing for me. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Manny, continue. Like like the the bit where he's getting lit up by that young cop in the boxing ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that's how that it. feels. <laughs> like that's a very real thing to like sit down off the edge and be like, dude, I, I ain't got it anymore. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. And like then, but then you have the moment where like him and Murtar are about to go face Jet Li again. And they're on the they're on the, the, the little dock bit and they're just like this this man's this dude's too good. Like let's just mm-hmm. let's, let him go. Let's let someone find him when they come up. Fuck it, let's go do it. <laughs> this is like no matter what, they're still gonna go do it. They're still Riggs and Murtaugh from the first movie. They're just that little bit older and that little bit more developed. So for me, this is it's lethal weapon. Okay. I, I Murtaugh. Murtaugh is the most ripped in lethal weapon before. Like he keeps talking how old he is. Dude is shredded in lethal weapon before. <laughs> Uh, the villain in Under Siege 2 was similar to Timothy Elephant's character in Live Fear, Die Hard. That's actually true. Eric Bogosian, he was the computer hacker on the train, and he like he was a he designed the satellite weapon, and then he was tossed out for being crazy or whatever. And I know you, but Reef has been. I just wanted to warn you. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're bringing up a Steven Seagal movie in front of Maddie. That's that's he might want to want to tread tread lightly. Um, <laughs> and Morbius, uh, guys. Under Siege 2 is not a very good movie, unfortunately. Steven Seagal is not a very good actor, so let's, let's, let's move right along. Jared Leto versus Steven Seagal next week. Why? Why? <laughs> you just want me to rant for an, for an hour 15? That would be entertaining. That would be entertaining. Um, I'd watch it. Okay, we are on better action. Maddie, you asked for it. You're going to get it, Maddie. Go ahead. I'm going to start with love. I'm going to start with love. Die Hard 4 has some of the most <laughs> insane bombast action you can get Man, throwing a cop market. car into a helicopter mid-flight with a crazy french kickboxer with a rocket launcher that's pretty damn gnarly but not only do we get the massive bombast action that we know and we love from lethal weapon Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We get Jet motherfucking Lee in his goddamn <laughs> prime. First example. When they're all fighting in the house. Paul, you brought it up. He's just standing there. Arms crossed. Big shit-eating grin on his face. Just looking down like, I could be the shit out of every single one of you without even breaking a sweat. And he goes on to do exactly that. Like, there's a bit. Oh, my God. This. I, I got. I had a fucking hard on for this moment. He does what's called a cartwheel kick, which is really fucking hard to do. Mm-hmm. And he does it, picks up the gun, like mid cartwheel kick, where he puts his hand on the ground, picks up the gun, comes back up and put and points it at Riggs. And I was just like, oh my God. Like I went from six to midnight that moment. That was so <laughs> fun. That, uh, it was just so slick and so damn good. And like 
when he crushes um the uh it's the the dad that the hung dad i can't remember his oh name. the hung first... father yeah the... yeah i can't remember his first name for the life of me but mm-hmm. he crushes it his windpipe with his finger and his thumb like now while that's act that's actually impossible to do because to crush someone's windpipe you need like 30, 35 to 40 pounds of pressure for like seven to ten seconds you can't do that with just your finger and your thumb right and throat grip but it like it, it's fucking cold when he does it and he just like fucking crushes his windpipe just like that so damn good and it had all the jet Li signature moves in it. it had the the scorpion kick behind the back it was like a jet Li's greatest hits like he had the slap to the elbow i was like i've seen all this before but now with a bigger budget and doing it to fucking Riggs and Murtar in a Lethal Weapon movie, you got you guys go ahead. I've made my case. Fair enough. I just wanted to uh, hit the chat here. William Harold saying Leto versus Seagal. Does Jarvie want viewers? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You'd get them from my rant. <laughs> and Revism again. Did Jet Li's Black Mask come out after Lethal Weapon Four? No, it actually came out before. Yeah, before. Uh, but it was definitely, but Lethal Weapon was his first U.S. production, United States production. Like, Black Mask was still a Hong Kong production, I believe. Yeah, it was. Because uh, it when his first one was Lethal Weapon 4, and then it was Romeo Must Die. Right. I mean, I think Black Mask did get a release in the U.S., but it was definitely, I don't know, maybe, I wonder if it was released in the U.S. after. That's possible. Like, it was made it was. before, but it might have been released after. I think it was. Kind of capitalizing on his popularity in, in Lethal Weapon 4. Potentially. I'm not sure on that, though. Um, but either way, okay, okay, I got what you're saying on that. Um, action for me, it's it's a tough. This is the one I initially had as my most definitively being Die Hard Four, if only because, I mean, I love Lee, again, I love Jet Li, but I like the I, I'm a big fan of the over the top action. Again, the car into the helicopter mm-hmm. was fun. Um, the explosion in the uh, the electric or the electric grid station oh, yeah, yeah. gas yeah. power plant thing and the car like running the car up maggie q's ass so to speak down the elevator shafts and yeah down there mm. down the shafts and everything else i loved all that bit i love the uh the the, the battle in the in the in the, air, the final battle of the airport hangar when <laughs> bruce willis does, or john mcclade shoots himself to shoot the bad guy what a st- it's weird to see what it's so badass. I can't deny that. Um, the chase with the 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 uh, air the uh, airplane, the jet fighter, like tracking down the the rig that John McClane's driving. Mm. <laughs> There's a whole lot of cool fucking action in Die Hard uh, because of that. It's a different kind of action. Um, I mean, Jet Li's fucking sweet though with his action. I I totally agree with you. If it was just the one man's action, I think I would give it to Jet Li. But I have a hard time saying that Die Hard 4 didn't have better overall action as far as the explosions go and everything else and the big set pieces and things like that. Uh, again, that's, that's what Die Hard is known for. Die Hard's supposed to have that compared to Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon is more storyline based. Um, so I will, with no disrespect to Jet Li, who is my favorite action person of the well, of the two of them, the overall, it's again, it's like more of that quality of quantity or quantity of quality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do like the action set pieces and die hard better. Jarvie, where do you give us? What do you give us? Yeah, right, right off my notes that I have here. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm totally echoing what you, what you said. I think, I think Jet Li is this one man army in Lethal Weapon Four. Um, every scene that is in, it's awesome. Whenever they're fighting, it's awesome. The final fight, 
I gotta give praise to the final fight because I think it works on it works so great on a lot of levels. And one of them, you said like they know that they're outmatched, and they still go in. They pretty much know that they're gonna lose this fight. So Jet Li, he's this like as you said, how tall is he? Five, five three. Five foot three. Five, five three. Four, um, so he's he's smaller than Mertine Mer Riggs, but he's so damn capable. But there are moments in the final fight where Riggs and Murta do manage to use their weight to their advantage. And I really loved it. It wasn't just gently flaring all over the place, just kicking them, doing the Yoda shit, just going here and there. Like Riggs has a freaking awesome moment when he just headbutts gently three times in a row. Yeah. Just slow old man, bam, bam, yeah. going at it. And there's times when they tackle gently and they bring him down, but it's right. still so damn good. He still manages to get out of it, but I appreciated the moments where his size did matter in that fight. Yeah. And at the and at the end of the, sorry, you Maddie, you can interject. No, 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 I'm just agreeing with you. Okay. It really um, is well choreographed. I will it is a very well choreographed mm. final fight uh, between them. Given it gives both strengths of Jet Li and Mel Gibson's fighting and Danny Glover's there too, let's be honest. But it's really yeah. basically Mel Gibson. <laughs> they had yeah. really, I mean, Danny Glover is good, but it's really more about Mel Gibson's because that's yeah. the personal side. Because Mel Gibson, it was, it's the whole storyline thing where Mel Gibson was not losing it against the boxer earlier on when he was sparring and he faking an injury. It's this is about his redemption. Yeah, mm -hmm. he gets Danny Glover to help him because even because gently would kick his ass one on one pretty much. Yeah. I think I just love that they dropped the 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 Mel Gibson nose Tai Chi shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. because that's the only way you yeah. beat a guy like that's the way you that's the only way you beat a guy like Jelly is you gotta make it ugly. You're gonna take a few, but you gotta get in close. You gotta make it ugly. You gotta head bottom. Right. Just make it fucking vicious. And that's what they did. I will say going into it, I did like that I, again. You're you're right with the moment there. They have that where they they're about to walk away. I loved. I mean, this go almost goes into favorite lines or whatever. I do love the fact that Trish turned around and goes, <coughs> "I want to know how he did that." I need to know how he did that. <laughs> like the way, he like they don't just turn around and go, "Okay, we're gonna do it." It's the jokey way they go into it that makes it even more lethal weapony. But yeah, I'm so 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 mad. You're gonna I end up. No, sorry, it was my it was my picture. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I I'm waiting. For, I had to get that in because I know Javi's butt is about to come. The body's lurking, but before before we lurk the butt in, um, they skewer Jelly, and he's still not defeated. They go underwater. He's still not defeated. He finally shoots gently like three or four times. And he finally kicks the bucket underwater while skewered. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> but the butt is finally here. I think Die Hard 4 as an overall action movie, it has big, awesome set pieces. It has um, like cool explosions. They're hmm. killing the helicopter with the car. What I love, what I, what I really didn't like about Die Hard three was that there were like it's always like over the top action but there there's levels to over the top action like when when john mcclay shot out of the freaking what was it like the sewer yeah and it just yeah. fell to to freaking on concrete or whatever it was nothing happened to him there are like there there's one moment in die hard for when he slides down the freaking yeah highway that's kind of that's kind of the unbelievable part but right. even though like killing the helicopter with the car funnily enough is not 
too unbelievable. Like there are there are ways how I could see it happen. Right. Like it's that. it's still it's still mission impossible type action. Right. But I still there are like levels to believe, levels of believability about it. Um and also I, I freaking love the shootout at the apartment first time that McLean and uh yeah, Matt get hit. That is that is like such a simple scene, but that freaking apartment just gets I mean shredded oh, with bullets. <laughs> and it's it's really easy to kind of fuck those scenes up. But uh, call back to Underworld. I think it's Len Wiseman who directed yeah. Yeah. Live Free or Die Hard. Mm -hmm. You can tell, like, he knows his ways around gunfights. Like, sure. yes, sir. <laughs> For sure. Uh, um, really quick, Clay W. said Black Mask was made in 96, released in the U.S. in 1999. Yeah. After Lethal Open 4. Thank you, Kelly, for confirming that for us. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jarvie. Continue. No, actually, I know. I know my arguments have been going way over over time. Um, I love the Maggie Q fight, uh, and I and I love how the action drives the story all the way. So, I think there's like the fist bumps are better maybe in Lethal Weapon Four, but overall, again, as a cohesive action movie, there are more moments, better moments overall in Die Hard Four. Well, it makes sense. Let's be honest, because that <clears throat> if Die Hard is going to win anything in in this mm. in, in thing. Because again, we said Die Hard is the action movie. Lethal Weapon is more mm -hmm. of a story based exactly. movie. So actually, it's <clears> Die Hard got to win this in a way, in a way. But yeah, um, a car and a helicopter is only a bit less believable than a car to space in F nine. I think it's more believable than that. I think it's a little more. Where's Brandon Hannah? He can tell us. That's true. We should get Brandon on the show. Where's Brandon? The science, he, the science he's, he's of like action the science behind us. The science fan action movies. All right. We are on our final category now. We are on better one-liners. We can just start throwing them out there. Better lines. Already. Better lines, better better dialogue. I'll start with one, and we'll just keep riffing from there. Let's start with one movie and then go to the other movie. Otherwise, we're okay. going. Okay. All right. I'll start right. with Live for Your Die Hard then, because one of the ones I want to mention that I really, really liked, I think it's going to be an underrated one, and I'll get there, but it's Lucy McLean when Thomas Gabriel – starts like uh he starts talking to john mcclain about blah blah blah, blah getting, and she's like hi dad huh what yes yes baby there's only five left now and you're like <laughs> yeah man <laughs> that's mcclain that's mcclain right there i love that <laughs> uh, I, th I think timothy oliphant has uh, he has some of the best lines in this and i i love the moment when they're when one of the henchmen is rough enough lucy i, mm. I don't love the moment that they're rough, but he hits her, and then the henchman sort of goes like he hurt his hand. Right. And then Gabriel goes, "Are you okay? <laughs> like, are are you gonna be all right?" After he hits a woman, he oh, am I bleeding? Are, are you gonna be all right? Yes. Like the way only Timothy Oliphant can use that much sarcasm and freaking sell the line, and it's perfect. <laughs> oh, good one, good one. Also, I'll throw out there right away because it just came to mind. My probably my favorite, my favorite line in the whole don't movie. Do it, don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! Why did you bring a cop to my command center? Command center? <laughs> it's a basement. It's a command center. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a PLD line. <laughs> yep. Yep. I thought. I laughed tremendously. I look forward to that. When I rewind that scene, it's it's a look on Kevin Smith's face too. He's just like, it's a command center. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I I thought I was thinking I was like he's gonna go for a pull line. I was so fucking glad you went with that one because mine is 
you just killed a helicopter with a car mm. i ran out of bullets <laughs> that, that is the trailer line from the movie that was in the trailer McLean actually has a pretty good monologue in this when he gives the sort of he gives the hero qualified speech about himself like when he talks about being a hero like what do you get from it nothing you get shot at you get pat on the back blah 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 boy you get divorced your wife can't remember your last name your kids don't want to talk to you you get to eat a lot of meals by yourself trust me kid nobody wants to be that guy yeah, I mean that was that was a, good, that was a good, good like hard hitting moment right there. I agree. I agree. You know what was a great callback moment that I fucking can't believe I never got until this viewing. I totally I don't know I don't know how I passed it by. You have the the, the agent go come up to McLean, Special Agent Johnson. I'll take the sedan, Agent Johnson. <laughs> Love that moment. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> And I missed it because it's so quick. I was like, that was a cool callback. That was a great callback. I love that. That's a good one, too. Um, I love the one where he, um, he first ran out the car and he and Matt's like, Did you just see that? And John's just like, See it. I did it. I did it. I did it. it. Yeah. Um, I think I, uh, Lucy, Lucy, and Matt have another great uh, sort of back and forth. Uh, is when Lu- Lucy goes to Matt, like, "Listen, will you just take a minute and dig deep for a bigger set of balls? Because you're gonna need them before we're gonna get through this." And wow. Matt just goes, "Wow, I know that tone. It's weird to hear that from someone with hair." <laughs> that was good. And one last one I'll do for specifically. It was another Warlock quote. I like the exchange when uh, he's in the big rig truck. And he's like, oh, Freddy, Freddy, pick up. He's like, nobody here by that, nobody here by that name. Sorry, hacker jerk off, Warlock. <laughs> you do that. He's like, are you serious? You'll be intentionally open up a comm line to the head of the FBI's cyber division? I don't think so. Freddy, goddamn it, they have my daughter. Pause. I can do that. Hold on. I was like, oh, Warlock. Right. That that showed that he's like actually a good person. Yeah, he's I love those genuinely moments. good person. It's the to Star Wars thing. It's the Hondo Anaka moment when he has those moments of of, of pure-hearted gold in there, even though he's wow. technically you know, love it. So love you got you got Hondo in there. Hondo, watch twenty twenty three. It continues. Yeah. <laughs> Any more from Live Free or Die Hard? I think we got the best ones. Yeah, oh, Maddie's going. No, no I, I think those are the those are the best ones. There, there's one bad one. There's okay. there's one like bad one and. It's the one where he doesn't get to say yippee motherfucker. He does in the uh, unrated version, which is the one I watched. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? There's an un- oh, there's fuck unrated version. The version. There's an unrated version. Does get it's not it's not much different, honestly. But he does he does get to finish. Oh, but the, that one line is gonna make it does better. Um, <laughs> that's a, I'll leave it with one last warlock line because I do love Kevin Smith. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, he plays the role perfectly. Thomas Gabriel is the guy who shut down Norad with a laptop just to prove a point. You think I'm scared of you? So. Hero qualifier. Hero exactly. qualifier. Oh no, villain qualifier. Villain qualifier. <laughs> that you're a real fan of the Fed, huh? Yeah, you're a big man. <laughs> no, I'm more of a Star Wars guy. Okay, all right, all right. Let's move on right. to the Weapon Four quotes. Mm. And I know we're all, we all want to talk about the one monologue. Who's who can deliver the monologue? Who wants to do it? Are we just, or are we not going to touch it because it's too good? I don't I think we should touch it. I don't uh, think we should, think touch, we should it. touch it. It's, it's too should. long and we won't give it justice. The Leo gets froggy monologue. It's perfect. It's about a fucking frog. And yet here and we are perfect. making three grown men cry. <laughs> I cried. 
I I, I got a what channel the of them. Like, it's about a fucking fraud. My best friend in the world, and they killed him. They killed him. Uh, and no. then I love, how, I love how Riggs follows it up too. Gee, we're, we're terrible to you, Leo. It's like, no, 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 it's okay. Yes. I'm like, oh my god. You're not better friends than Froggy. Was... You're just different. Oh. And I love that. You got a. You sure picked a strange angel, baby. But I got the message. I'm like, that's so. Oh, so perfect in there. I, I think the line where he says, where Rig says, but we're horrible to you. That is actually the, the sort of the crux of that, like, conversation. Yeah. That, yeah. That's such a realization moment right it's there. a turning point because he really like, is his family. Terrible to you. Well, it breaks my heart just talking about yeah. it now. Well, then, you know, it's followed up by, they don't have the exact line, but that moment in the hospital where... You know, they do the whole thing. Finally, uh, Rene Russo gets pushed into the delivery room. And you see he's left there. Riggs goes in, and they keep Leo gets out. He kind of stops there and is like, head down right. for a second. But then Riggs comes right back out and goes, stay here. We got to meet the kid and everything else. And it kind of felt like this, like, all right, mm. he's, it's a family mm. moment. So that was good. But um, Die Hard's always known a, for the quips. But Lethal Weapon had some, had a few. There is a perfect moment between um, Leo, Merta, and Riggs on the boat. Mm. Oh, I think I think yeah. Leo gets has one of the one of the best rants on there. Is when he goes like he's trying to find something. Can't remember what it was. Leo goes, "Okay, you say it aft, right? Aft, aft." Leo goes, "That's a fucking word." <laughs> in the back of the cabin on the right side, Leo. Well, why didn't you say that in the first place, Roger? <laughs> and then it just goes, I love these people. Put them around boats and water, and all of a sudden, everything becomes fucking nautical. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I mean, so my, uh, one of my favorite ones is actually another moment between the three. I mean, it's actually kind of more between uh, Riggs and Leo, but it's when uh, they're in the, in the uh, police station. And he picks up the phone and he's on the phone and he's just like, oh, a private investigator, huh? And he's just like, I wonder if you'd be willing to investigate <laughs> my, my privates. <laughs> just like, that's so childish, but so fucking great. And also the uh, buzz when he has um, when he has their henchmen in the back of the on the back of the car, he's like, you have the right to remain silent, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that too. Uh, oh, that, another good one. I like the, the Uncle Benny one. I'm sleeping with my wife's two sisters. You lucky son of a bitch. Good for you, Uncle Benny. Not as good when my wife finds out. <laughs> <laughs> and they all laugh right there. Uh, I'm so glad you picked that line because I was afraid you were going to pick the other one. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. The other one I do want to mention, though, which made me laugh a lot more this time. I don't know why this one made me laugh. It's like a stupid line, but it still made me laugh. You ever heard of Ebony Clark? Yeah, she writes those cheesy sex novel novels. Why, you boinking her? No, I'm not boinking her. Trish is Ebony Clark. You are boinking her. I am boinking her. Yeah, I am boinking her. <laughs> oh, there, was, there was that other one as well. I've just remembered it. It's like, and pigeons ate his eyeballs. Cool. 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 Papo, <laughs> oh, Groucho, Chico, and um, Fucko. <laughs> Fucko. Fucko. All right. That's good. I think uh, Lorna has has a great uh, line in there as well. When they're talking, when, he, when she's talking to Riggs about marriage. <clears throat> And it just goes, they, they haven't, like, we have, we could get married, we don't have to get married. Lorna just goes, I'll take you anyway, I can get you. We don't need to get married. Uh, that was like, that's freaking, Riggs has found love. It's mutual. It's true. It's real. Lovely. I'll take you any way I can. 
Come on. Who doesn't want to hear that from a woman? Ooh. There's one that's a really good callback, actually, from at the end of the film to the start of the film. It's uh, Murtar saying, will me. Because of the start when they're behind the car, and they it, it rigs like, will me, will me. Like, that's yeah. like their thing to be like, look, call me, like, call out to me, like, show me where you are. Right. And then when, he's, when he's like just about, he's like looking in the water for him. And then he's just like, screw it, I'm going in. Takes off the jacket, then dives in off the rigs and saves his life and he, it's just that it's just that 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 will me you can repeat yeah. it over and over because that's like their thing yeah has nice what took you so long yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that and i'll give you one one more lorna one which which is funny because lorna is not as funny this time around as she was during the weapon three because it wasn't that give and take with she has, a, she has a she has a food line she had a food line, but she also had the one at the end there. I am not ready to have this baby all right fine wheel me in if you want my legs are staying closed <laughs> She, she, she sort of has a moment where she says, "You never come between a meal and a pregnant lady, or something like that." It's yeah. good. It's good. But All right. Which, then. which way are you guys? Which way are you guys going? I'm about to say, we got it. You're going with the weapon, man. Okay, man. Which weapon? All right, Jeremy. What are you? I think. I think lethal weapon has. It has the funny quips. It has the badass quips. And it has the deep quips, like the the lines, the quotes. Die Hard Four has the badass ones. Yeah, it's gotta I, be the weapon for. I think Live for Your Die Hard has overall the funnier ones, but they're funnier because they're zingers usually and they're humorous and they work. But Lethal Weapon mm. has a little bit of weight behind them more, yeah. Uh, and that's what that's what has. I mean, not all of them, obviously, not the, the Benny mm -hmm. Two Wives lies, not, not very depth, but there's a lot more depth in, in their character roles. So I think I got to give Lethal Weapon for as well. So there we are, folks. We have hit the end of the road, we are done. Oh, and three to nothing on the final category. It was three to nothing in the final category. This is going to be rough. So, in a, I, it's just kind of funny. It, it was a little less close than I thought. It was a little more. Uh, before before you announce it, it's two to one for Die Hard at the moment, and this is the final battle of the franchise. So, what can happen here is Lethal Weapon could tie it up. And we have no tiebreaker, or Die Hard will take this franchise matchup. And the winner, by a score of 10 to 5, oh. is Lethal Weapon 4. <gasps> wow! <clears throat> Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah. So it's a tie. I mean, that uh, is that, though. That's kind of fair, though. It is. It's also right. poetic as well because it's like we it love is. both franchises. Yeah. Although some would argue the fact that a good day to die hard exists means a lethal weapon wins. Um, but <laughs> we'll find out when that argument that is a valid argument. You know, like I guess we'll find out when if lethal finale comes out, we'll see if that argument still holds weight at that point. But I I agree, man. I, I'm actually happy it's the tie because both franchises have a lot to offer. And uh I love both franchises. It's kind of funny how we, we began this this as a battle of the best Christmas movies. And yeah. they seem like they're so like they're top notch eighties, nineties action movies. Even though mm -hmm. I know I know Live for Your Die Hard was much later, 2007. But it seems like they'd be easy matchups. But there really are such different franchises. There really are like, like different layers of action to them. So it's, it was an interesting it was an interesting battle. 
it's it, it is also like doing them back to back to back it's i had moments when i was okay i'm kind of getting tired of doing this again because they're so similar but i think what it gave me and i pretty and i hopefully the viewers and you guys as well is you really start to understand the formulas of either of these franchises or yeah. both these franchises yeah you really understand how they're sort of structured yeah yeah and what makes them great and how they develop or in some cases mm -hmm. they don't develop they just trying to perfect perfect yeah. the formula to a degree um but yeah i love that uh, <laughs> William Barrett die, die hard oh, die hard four is actually an no. independence day movie <laughs> do the always sunny <laughs> the one five versus die, no. hard. <laughs> die, die hard five would just take the biggest fucking ass kicking yeah i agree well, what is what is this weapon do you, you know always sunny for always sunny in philadelphia show yeah but there, there, there's they actually they, they they put on a lethal weapon five in the show like it was part oh. it was a plot one but they did this whole thing so there's like a do the the all it's like the always sunny version of lethal weapon five which is pretty funny it'd be pretty cool but, hmm. um i will if i i i'll tell you what though if if because I'm a completist, if the finale comes out, even if you guys don't want to do it, I'll do it on my own. The finale is <laughs> a good day to die hard because I have to be a completist that way. It's my own my own thing. Um, but even even if Lethal Weapon Five is the best movie in in the franchise, you would put it up against Die Hard Fire. I have to. We got to complete the saga at this point. I mean, if it happens, let's do it. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, we should announce next week because Jarvi is very excited about next week. So, you know what? I'm going to let you announce next week, Jarvi. Sorry. I had a bit of a lag. I'm going to let back? you I'm going to let you announce next week's uh, battle because right. you're very excited so, about it. Yeah, this is this is actually a this is one matchup that I stole from the Empire podcast. Um so they had two guests on, and it was Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. The prestige reunion, and I thought about it, there could be a very cool discussion about putting these two actors against one another. So we haven't been doing too much actor versus actor or director versus director. We've been doing movie versus movie for a while now, and it is tougher. It is way tougher to do person versus person. But I think I think we can do it, and I think we owe the audience to mix it up a bit. I do. We haven't. I, I agree. We. It's been a long time. It kind of got into a little. I don't want to say rut because I've enjoyed doing it, but it's been like mm -hmm. okay, we watch two movies and we compare and contrast. This is something different for us, and we have done it previously. We had some fun doing it previously, so I'm looking forward to looking at to seeing what our categories are going to be. Looking through the different directions, maybe I'll watch a few. Uh, maybe I'll catch up on some that I haven't seen from. Christian Bale and from uh, Hugh Jackman. Either way, intense actors, both of them. Great, uh, great, wonderful roles in Nolan movies and in Villeneuve movies and in a lot of other movies. So I can't yeah. wait to, to discuss these at this point. So I know he, Wolverine versus Batman. Someone, exactly, it's Wolverine versus Batman. Mm -hmm. A certain someone has been trying to get me to watch The Greatest Showman for a while. So well, there you go. There you go. I don't. I don't think. That's a movie for you, Maddie. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't either. Showman, I don't think it's for you. <laughs> I, I don't either, but I kind of enjoyed some parts of Hamilton. So, uh, uh, not the same. I was no. not the same. Is it, the greatest I, I showman is stage musical. It's more of a I, Disney I musical. It's more of a Disney musical, yeah. almost. Oh, I say. okay. Oh, it's, oh, it's just oh. full on syrup. <laughs> 
right, I'll give it a go. But he's good in it. He's good in it. He is. is. Can you actually sing? Yeah, I think he can. I think he can quite well. And, uh, oh, yeah, Les Mis. He sings is, in that yeah. one as well. He sings Les Mis, that's right. Oh, you're right. Two, four, six, oh, one. Yeah, I have to do it. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's in the chat. So I can see <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the series. We're moving on next week, but we're hopefully not moving on from us. Come join us at PLD Projects Patreon, patreon.com slash PLD Projects. Such luminaries as Allison Salamone and Brandon Buckingham, Brandy Parker, Jeff Alterman, John Lestrina, and part of Tristan Dason. Great crew. We have a great Facebook chat going on. Very much always highly debating one topic or another. Uh, and they also get to help choose two mediocre white dudes on film categories. We have Kelly is coming up soon after the Lethal Weapon franchise. Although I hate to tell you, Kelly, it might get pushed back a little further because we actually have an announcement of something we're going to do in the Lethal Weapon franchise, which we haven't done yet in two mediocre white dudes on film. But what that is, you got to wait and see uh, this week's two mediocre white dudes on Lethal Weapon, which comes out on Thursday, um, of course. And they also do Crown Jewels the show on this show every week. I go through a song from Queen. This week is In the Lap of the Gods from Sheer Heart Attack album. That will drop on Friday. A lot of cool stuff there. And uh, also, of course, Maddie Gunner and I have done a great job at doing Holy Snokes, a Star Wars podcast. I was trying to feel a better way to make it bigger, but I, we, I've really enjoyed talking Star Wars with Maddie again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long it's been a long time coming with Bad Batch coming, with Mandalorian coming. Uh, it's such a fun time. Um, and we are having a great time doing it. Uh, so that's going to be another episode on Wednesday. Yes, guys. Can I, can I be on when Mandalorian comes out? Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll figure that out. I don't know. We'll see. You got to watch the cartoons in order to get to the Mandalorian. I I am watching the fucking (laughs) cartoons and I'm (laughs) sort of enjoying them. (laughs) There's a possibility. We'll have to see how it goes. All right. Uh, that's it. Kelly, you'll understand. I think. Uh, when you when you share the announcement, I think you'll understand. Which it. one did Kelly pick? Uh, I don't want to announce that yet. I want to okay. wait until we'll talk about that afterwards because we're gonna. It's definitely not necessarily in PJ's in mind wheelhouse. I'll put it that way. But all right, guys, I guess that's it. Anything else to say, Maddie? Where else can the folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maddie Gunner, Instagram Matty underscore Gunner. You can find my band Mourner M O U R N E R on all uh, streaming platforms, and you can find me. Here every Tuesday with these two lovely gentlemen doing class action, and here every Wednesday with this lovely gentleman doing Holy Snokes, a Star Wars podcast. All right, and Richard Eric Javi, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Richard Eric with a K Jarvie. You cannot find me on Twitter. Well, you can find me on t- Twitter uh, at Richard underscore Jarvie, but it, I think there's like five or seven year old tweets there. <laughs> not much on there but you can find me on letterboxd if you follow me there i will follow you back and Perfect. peel the action tuesdays there we go peel the yeah. action peel the project i'll take it i'll take it it's all good <laughs> at paul underscore denizio on twitter you can find me this week every week on pld products multiple levels of stuff also doing trailer reactions to the trailer reaction for the mandalorian season three mm-hmm. trailer which i'm excited about cool reaction. i enjoyed that quite a bit so we'll be talking about that. We're definitely breaking that down tomorrow, yep. Maddie, you and me. Yeah. Um, that's it. Until next time, guys. Of course, justice has been served. Court is adjourned.